Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome, brothers and sisters, to another one of our Muslim Vibe podcasts. And today I'm joined by none other than Selim Qasim and Sister Afra, two of our editors. Thank you very much for joining us, guys, or allowing me actually to join you too. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, we're just having a little chit chat just now, and um, obviously today we want to talk about uh, Rohingya, um, you know, and uh, mind the whole kind of atrocities which are going on there and in line with that also we want to do something a bit more uplifting later on but I thought before we get into all of that um, since it is something which is immediately happening right now 8.22 this morning district line Parsons Green how are you feeling bro? To be honest I've been in the car driving all day today yeah um, just listening to the story kind of evolve and and develop and and one of the one of the sort of uh, you could say positives was that the the device or whatever didn't actually explode to its fullest capacity right. in which we we could have been sat here in a very different position yeah because i saw some like videos and it was like the bucket was still yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff and but they, they said that basically that, that that was like not the full extent of what it could have been right right and if it was there would have been dozens potentially dead a lot more injured and whatever else mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um that was kind of something could you could say but yeah obviously the the, the threat and the, the attack on on london as a city that we live in is is always a, a scare i guess it's weird isn't it like i mean maybe uh this is uh more applicable to yourself sister now because you've been based in canada yeah how do you how do people perceive like you know london like because in the sense like i saw immediately afterwards like you know all these trump things which are banned the internet like yeah, you know right really. <laughs> <laughs> um and also like coming back as well like visiting um yeah just how, how do you feel do you feel do you feel any change in the atmosphere and the way in people are perceiving like london well starting off with the whole canada thing yeah. i think generally they're a lot nicer over there I, I hate to say that as a londoner because i love i love london and it really hit hard to see yeah. the, the news you know especially you know the london bridge attacks earlier in the summer but yeah. um i think coming back you did see mm. big differences at the airport um when you're walking down in london and stuff like that you have police officers a lot more you know, lining up the streets, mm-hmm. um, London Bridge, there's also barriers that have been placed. Mm-hmm. So now that the, the security threat is there, I yeah. know that Theresa May today said that, you know, the same threat is still there, mm-hmm. that they haven't changed anything, there'll be more of a police presence um, right, at right. stations and things. Yeah. But um, I have noticed a difference, but I'd like to think that it's, you know, hopefully yeah. under control. Yeah, we would yeah. hope, it? Does, does, it, does life feel safer for you in Canada? It does. Really? It does, even That's though Trump's like yeah. just across the road. Yeah. But um, yeah, it does sadly feel that way because here you are exposed. You've heard so much about acid attacks and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, over there, people generally are actually quite welcoming. So mm-hmm. um, I do, I do see a big difference. One of your friends has called you a traitor in the comments. <laughs> I knew that was coming. For leaving, for leaving I London. I knew that was coming. For those of you, so it's just I think yeah. we should tell everyone for people God, that God. haven't uh, listened to podcasts in the past. When we started the podcast, Afra, who's the deputy editor at the Muslim Vibe. Actually hosted the podcast. Indeed, indeed. And uh, was working in this office. Yep. Was here for for some months before she decided to get married <laughs> and uh, leave us. And yeah. the podcast had like a six month gap when we uh, a, a void that we couldn't fill. It was an emotional hiatus. Until, but we've done really well. Until the <laughs> night, saved us. So we thank him and I echo. And I thank you. I echo the comments of Shams who says uh, you are somewhat of a traitor. I knew that was coming. It's alright. That's alright. We can call her our international correspondent now, though. I like that. Like, you like I really that? like that. We have that international flavour. You know, she Indeed. is just a Brit. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, no, it's, but it's yeah. good to have you back, I guess. Thank you very much. Thank you guys. <laughs> and then, uh, and as I say, like, you know, it's, it's refreshing to hear what uh, your opinion is, and it's quite honest of you to say that, you know, especially as a Brit, um, because I think it is something which people need to reflect upon because immediately after the attack, the news threads were all constantly like, oh, nobody's claimed, uh, you know, um, at the time anyway, nobody's claimed responsibility for this attack. Mm. However, look at all these empathizers on the <coughs> internet, you know, and just tweet after tweet of, you know, you know, Allah Akbar's and ISIS supporters yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And it's just a sad situation that, you know, people love to throw fuel onto the fire and rather than trying to like, you know, um, contain it and calm people and, you know, keep calm and going on and all that yeah. business about being British like it doesn't seem the case it seems ironically there opposite. is actually one instance I was actually flicking through the news um, earlier mm. and uh, the good thing is is people in the area passing screens actually responded really nicely right, um, right they obviously cared for the people that were injured they got the necessary yeah, help yeah. but um, people just opened up their doors and said you know mm. you want a cuppa you want to calm down you mm. want to do anything just mm. come over to my house and their mm. doors were open mm. and um, like even till now the, they've actually opened their doors to the press to yeah. charge their devices and whatever okay, wow. so I think it's a very British yeah. response in the sense that you know what something's wrong we'll switch on the kettle <laughs> and I, that, that just gave me hope because yeah. despite all of this mm. I, mean, I mean in light of all of it you can actually see there is some and we have to remember at the end of the day, 8.22 in the morning on a district line, South London, how many Muslims are going to be on that train as well? Like, you know, that's the stupidest thing about these attacks. Is if, that, uh, the thing is, ISIS yeah. have, I think, in the last half an hour or so, claimed responsibility. Wouldn't say, yeah. But it's also worth, you know, mentioning that in uh, Iraq, in Nasiriya, there was an attack by ISIS yesterday, which yeah. killed, wow. I think, 80 Muslims. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. Um, so... It, I even heard about something in France about a hammer and stuff. And other it, in Toulouse. Well. Yeah, uh, yeah. The thing is... Uh, I think you know people kind of forget sometimes when when we look at ISIS and the threat that they pose you know on cities around the world it's not like these are muslims targeting non-muslims these yeah. are like nut jobs targeting everyone yeah um and and what happens in Iraq which doesn't really get reported as much here mm -hmm. is a is an example of that like yeah. you know in, in Ramadan there were attacks you know yeah. people getting their Eid gifts right. um for their families and, right. and ISIS with a car bomb there and there's a car bomb I think a year earlier or yeah, like a few years earlier um and it's it's sad and you know when when we discussed you know talking about this story just before yeah like always, I'm I'm like tired and you know it, it hurts, but it's like it's been you know for years now we've had this experience, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. just I think we've all become a bit numb to it. Mm. No, um, definitely, definitely, definitely. Because again, as you say, a London attack ordinarily I would have thought you know my entire family would be talking about it, whatnot. I you know I met up with my parents you know like a, a couple of hours ago, yeah. and it wasn't even on their mind because like as you say. It's almost like another one, another one, you know, yeah. um, and it is becoming quite mind-numbing in a way, um, which is sad. But I think the main point, as you point out, is that it's indiscriminate, this, um, mm. you know, and everyone is affected, Muslim, non-Muslim included. Yeah. Um, so we're all in it together, unfortunately. Um, and therefore, you know, uh, it's in light of that, we have to obviously communally and like collectively work to, to solve this rather than it being us and them thing or anything other um, which uh, yeah as I say I just thought I'd have to mention it obviously because it's uh, really yeah. unfortunate 22 people being injured um, fortunately nobody died um, so uh, other, <laughs> unlike as you just mentioned there um, the fact that people dying abroad all the time and they're Muslims so again as I say I reiterate not an us and them thing, but bringing us again now to another unfortunate situation of more Muslim killings. And that being, obviously, 
Rohingya, and uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Rohingya, Rohingya, Rohingya. 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 Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, boy, this has been a mad one for me because uh, you know I've always thought of Buddhists as the guys sweeping with like you know moss on their face and not killing a fly, and yeah. then when I'm seeing some of the images. Um, I hope some of them are photoshopped because like my dad was showing me the other day images of for instance locals on motorbikes lining up kids and driving a motorbike over their arms while they lie on the floor with their arms out like this beheadings like you know um, people being put on set on fire like it's crazy and the fact that the community the world community um, in terms of, you know, uh, UN or whatever it may be, international powers, why is nobody doing anything? And, like, why is there not as much of an interest there as there is in other conflicts, for instance? Um, what do you reckon? Like, because there's monks, essentially, apparently, the Can country run by monks. Is this, is this the first you've heard of this region? Um, in terms of the story? Yeah. Yeah, so in that, you know, the last year or two, yeah. Burma has been something which has been fresh on my mind. I mm-hmm. uh, did some chariot work a couple of years ago, which brought it more to, uh, oh, really? like, you know, to the forefront. But yeah, it's it's not something I knew of previously. Yeah, because yeah. you know. likewise, for mm. myself, it was only, um, to be honest, a couple of years ago when we had a piece uh, or a series of articles by Sheikh Jafar Nadek for mm. the Muslim Vibe. Uh, specifically about statelessness wow. um, with, okay. the, with the context of the Rohingya Muslims. Right, right. And that really opened my eyes to kind of the dire situation they have. And I think one of the takeaway points from that whole series hmm. um, is just about the fact that when you're, when you're born yeah. stateless, mm-hmm. you have very few rights. Yeah. And so you're not afforded the right to a passport, to, mo- you know, to movement. You can't go anywhere. You can't mm-hmm. do it. You can't get a job. You can't mm-hmm. own anything. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're basically you're a prisoner, basically. You're a prisoner yeah. yeah. But there's no respite. There's no like there's no parole. You're you're yeah. just stuck in that yeah. situation. Yeah. And until governments and authorities decide that they want to take responsibility mm. and do something, and the problem is, I don't think the Bangladeshis recognise them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the obviously the Burmese don't mm. either. If if no one's going to take responsibility and and accept these people and, and actually give them um, refuge, I guess. Yeah. They're, they're just going to be like this forever for, for, for generations, I guess. If they even exist in generations. Yeah. Because this is essentially an ethnic cleansing, is it not? For essentially, yeah. yeah. I mean, it started off last year in October 2016, where um, hmm. apparently nine Rohingya decided to attack a police guard. Okay. Um, and so they retaliated by raising entire villages to the ground and by. Wow. So this is, this is because of nine individuals. Nine individuals. So, Not yeah. by any means that I'm saying that this is acceptable yeah, or you know course, an acceptable course, yeah. way to retaliate, but nine individuals were murdered. As a result, villages were completely raised to the ground. You have um, male, male figures being killed, the, mm. the ladies being raped, children being hit, and like you mentioned, you mm. know, with these very vicious attacks. And for those people that did manage to make it across the border, mm. they were either accepted, welcomed in by Bangladesh, but um, hundreds upon thousands were actually returned and sent back because they just physically couldn't take them in. But right now as well, you've got a lot of people in Bangladesh, um, Rohingya, that are just literally lining the streets. Yeah. They have nowhere to go. They've got no, no shelter even. And they're building mm. sort of ad hoc um, shelters on the side of the roads. Yeah. And it's, I, I mean, social media is, I, I think, often a blessing, but it's, it's almost a bit of a curse in this sense that the images that are going around, like the one you mentioned, are just absolutely horrific. Mm. And I... 
I can't remember seeing something and so many different uh, pieces of footage coming out mm. showing so many disturbing things mm-hmm. all happening on one specific minority group by, you know, by, by as you said, Buddhists, who <laughs> the perception has always been this kind mm. of peaceful... And of course, the, the the religion itself is not to blame. Of course, yeah. And we know that, you know, in the same way that we've just spoken yeah. as Muslims about other crazy Muslims, it's not necessarily um, any kind of slight on the faith, but it's just interesting because even at the top, top levels, um, you know, within the Burmese state, you're seeing people in robes of piety, supposedly, right? This is the point. The power does lie with them also, and the responsibility also mm. lies with them. If this were, for instance, you know, uh, any other kind of um, priest or ayatollah or something like that, you know, you would be thinking, like, it's quite shameful, right? And as a people, you would be responding as well. So it's, I just, I don't know, maybe I'm being a bit harsh, I don't know, um, but as I say, it's just quite scary to think that a whole country um, you know uh, as I say like I haven't seen any fractions of the Burmese against their own people do you get what I mean um, you know in the Israel Palestine conflict you'll see Jewish people standing up for Palestinians and vice versa you know in every conflict you'll see some people rooting for the underdog who's rooting for Burma within Burma do you get what I, I mean? think also what's and I had to google her name because I can never pronounce it right but Aung San Suu Kyi um, the the state councillor of Myanmar. Yeah, she has won the Nobel Prize. Yeah, has, Nobel Peace Prize. Sorry, Nobel oh, Peace Prize. Key, that's key the key, the key key point, point there. Peace and and has remained entirely silent and is passively endorsing what's happening uh, to the Rohingya. Okay. And so it, it's got to a stage where I think now at least two other Nobel Peace Prize winners hmm. have publicly come out and spoken out against her oh, or, wow. or written to her or whatever. So I think yeah. Desmond Tutu is also. Um, reached out to her but it's it's quite shocking that she being the international figure that she is of peace um, has essentially endorsed what's happening there um, there and is one thing sorry to, just to yeah. cut you off um, though she doesn't actually have any political power mm. I mean she's one of those leaders that are there as a kind of the Nelson Mandela of Myanmar if yeah. you want to call it that mm. she doesn't actually have any political power but she does have a say and I think that's where we really need to pinpoint mm. that if you have a say and you have a position where you can actually affect change, mm-hmm. do it, speak up. And mm. that's where the problem is right now, that she has actively decided not to say anything and is very passive about everything happening. Yeah, it reminds me of a famous uh, quote of a fellow rapper, silence is consent. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, it's true in that, you know, um, when gifted the ability to speak on behalf of people, um, you know, we have a duty and a responsibility. Um, so, yeah, it's just really sad, as I say. And, I mean, going forward, you know, what what is the future for uh, this uh, minority within Burma? You know, what, what I know there's a lot of, um, like, a lot of charities, I don't need to name them, but there's a lot of charities which are fighting on their behalf from the Western, you know, front in terms of uh, the Muslim support from here. But, you know, what is the solution now, you know, going forward? How does this, you know, uh, how, how do we give any hope to the people of Rohingya other than, you know, the, the means that we are at the moment? I think Afra has a, a brilliant plan for the future. I do, I do. Go, please, tell no, us. Uh, honestly, in this case, it's... it's I, I hate to say that's almost futile because yeah. humanitarian access has been completely blocked from the region. Mm-hmm. Any news that we actually do receive mm. is coming through people that our survivors have reached Bangladesh or other countries. Right. Um, bear in mind, sorry, also, images, yeah. the, the UN have been barred from going in. Yeah. It's just crazy. This is what I mean. What? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's one of these situations that's so desperate and so despairing that 
it's uh, it's shocking. It's shocking, and I think what's what's sad is as well that when we look at things that have happened in the past, mm. we always think, oh, that was thirty years ago, forty years yeah. ago. Yeah. Like I, w- I was discussing Pablo Escobar the other day. We're like, yeah. oh, how can that happen in our lifetime? Mm-hmm. You know, nineteen nineties. But mm-hmm. like, oh, that was still like twenty or so years ago. Mm-hmm. But this is today, and that's what's really scary. Mm. That's what's I, I, it's shocking, and, and we're almost powerless. Mm. Um, in our sort of individual capacities, but I think this is where it's important that we do um, rally and, and I guess lobby with our politicians and MPs yeah, and whatever yeah, else and, yeah. and try and make as much noise as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and of course, the aid, like, you know, we, we can't underestimate how how important seen, it is. I've seen loads of like people doing some really, really um, just, uh, I suppose, uplifting and optimistic uh, kind of ventures. It, as you say, in terms of trying to raise money and create aid, but what, what do you say to what like this stuff? I said that, but the aid doesn't even reach them. If there's blockades and mm. things to even reach them, uh, you know, what's the point? Like, the thing is, I, I actually I, I met with um, someone from the Zahra Trust, which is a charity yeah. in the UK, yesterday, and he was saying that they they didn't launch an immediate campaign, but what they're looking to do is send some people out there yeah. and work out all the logistics to make sure aid gets there before they start collecting. Okay. And and, and I realised then that I think you know charities do, and I hope more of them are like this, do spend yeah. a lot of time and effort in working out logistics and making sure stuff actually gets on the ground. Because obviously yeah. we always have that scepticism yeah. Yeah. of where's our money going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I guess you know for me, I think it's. And, and let's not underestimate prayer as well. Mm. Uh, you know, it, people sometimes feel it's futile or like a passive thing, but it's important. Just the fact that we think about these things and it's on our mind and on our mm. hearts as well mm. is, is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. I think, you know, uh, we were talking about Russell Brand's Under the Skin a moment ago and the idea of like, you know, spiritualism and energies and, you know, this kind of... Uh, we live in a um, an unconscious universal connection, if you understand what I mean. And then that, you know, I hope... I hope that, you know, the more people that tune into that positive way of thinking, be it through actions, be it through prayer, be it through, um, as you say, your voice, your your lobbying, whatever it be, um, you know, the more people that kind of follow suit in trying to aid these people in whatever capacity they can, inshallah, God willing, um, you know, some kind of ref refuge or some kind of like, you know, uh, respite can be given to them, mm. in, inshallah hopefully even a solution uh, in the near future but as I say, it's just a really sad state of affairs that obviously it had to be addressed um, and yeah um, as I just applaud anyone who's doing anything to uh, help the situation because it is quite a dire one and speaking of podcasts um, that was the other subject we wanted to talk yeah. about today indeed isn't it um, because yeah interestingly um, as somebody who's worked in radio and now works in podcasts as well um, and somebody who's an avid and keen listener to both um, in the past especially um, I would say I was one of those who would listen to endless radio in terms of talk sport and LBC and all these different variations of uh, stories to news reporting to, you know, social commentary. Um, And yeah, now it seems the form of podcast, the medium of podcast, the platform itself is, 
I don't know, is it taking over? What do you guys reckon? Do you guys listen to radio at all anymore? I never used to listen to radio, okay. to podcasts, any, any of them. I'll be completely honest. Okay. Um, and then Sunim was Blasphemy. like... Blasphemy, what are you doing yeah, here? Yeah, and then Sunim was like, hey, um, do you want to start a podcast? I'm lost in the Bible. I was like, so what do you do on a podcast? Okay, yeah. And um, that's where it kind of started off, and I right. started to listen to everything. He kept recommending this one called Serial. Um, the story of Adnan Sayed, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that, the first series, it, right? Listen to it. Yeah, oh, the it's, first it's series incredible. is unbelievable. Um, and then the second series, I've just uh, almost finished now. It's about um, the, the soldier. Yes, yes, yes. So it's about um, there's this. Uh, I'm not going to give too much away, but there's this special. Uh, kind of um, army term for somebody who deserts uh, their post and etc and basically the guy gets kidnapped by the Taliban and there's this whole story about um, his return and stuff but yeah but the series as you say uh, Serial is, is fascinating right? Oh it stressed me out I used to listen to it on the way to work I'd listen to it if I had any free time I'd listen to it while I was cooking until my parents were like can you just C- can you Can one of you summarise it for people that don't know Yeah yeah yeah, yeah I suppose Ooh, you should Okay so Adnan Sayed in 1999 I think it was I believe 99 um, I think it was. He was. Is it? 90, I don't know. I kind of did a quick. It's in the nineties. It's in the nineties. Yeah. There, yes. Um, he was convicted <laughs> of murdering his ex-girlfriend Heyman Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward to two thousand, he was actually uh, given a life sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know about you guys, but I feel like the evidence just doesn't add up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That, that's yeah. the whole podcast. And that is the whole, the whole podcast, podcast isn't is exactly, it? Yeah. yeah, exactly that. So following the story, um, and reaccounting then one for like you exactly. know all the accounts given, the evidence given, yeah. the judicial trial, um, the absen- absences and evidence as well. I think exactly. that's a huge thing as well. Exactly. Um, yeah. And why why we're discussing this is because of the fact that podcast seems so versatile but so specific as well. If mm. you know what I mean, um, and that's why I raised the question. You know, radio. You know, is it being overtaken by podcast? You know, would radio ever become extinct? I mean, for instance, do you have an answer, Salim? Do you listen to radio much? Have you ever listened I to listen radio to in the I listen to both radio and podcast. Okay. So, interestingly, today was yeah. the first day that I was sat in the car and I listened to a podcast rather than the radio. Okay. Because normally I do my podcast listening whilst walking and I'm on the train and all that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. But I was halfway through uh, a Russell Brand podcast with Frankie yeah. Boyle. Right, yeah. Uh, discussing Ooh, something podcast, about yeah. a moral life. I can't yeah, remember exactly yeah, yeah. what. And I just wanted to finish it, so I put it on. Um, but yeah, I, I think generally speaking, the, the way I got into listening to podcasts in the first place was through mm. radio because there were, um, you mentioned Talk Sport, they used yeah. to have a fighting talk on a Saturday, mm-hmm. um, which is before the football. Okay. And it's basically they get six pundits and they ask them questions that are related to the week in sport. And they give kind of humorous answers and they get points. I have to explain it to you because he knows. My brother it, yeah. watches it all the time. <laughs> okay, I mean, okay, it all the time, yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm fully So and, and I wouldn't always be in the car on a Saturday, so I would want to listen to it. Mm. So I used to download. I used to download them, and listen okay, to them on my okay. way to school and all that. Right, this right, is right. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Russell Brand's podcast as well before he got kicked off uh, the BBC. <laughs> um, but it was uh, that. That's how I, I got into into podcasts. Um, and then I think I had this big lull and then I started to radio a bit more. Mm-hmm. And now it seems that podcasts, I mean, you know, everyone obviously listens to Muslim Vibe podcasting. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. But no, but, but there are, so, so yeah. This American Life, who produce Serial, um, have a fascinating podcast as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost like a, 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 it's like reading articles, but a much longer and more kind of um, varied mm-hmm. version of that. Mm-hmm. And you get a very deep insight in the space of half an hour into a topic you would know nothing about normally. Mm-hmm. And normal Googling couldn't give you this kind of insight because yeah. it's like stories. Well, I suppose in a way it's like 
The thing about radio, um, not to get technical, but it's the only way to understand why the two mediums work so differently in that the thing about radio is a commercial um, thing whereby, you know, it's constantly interrupted by adverts. Um, you know, you have a presenter who obviously is there to plug certain things throughout the show, whether it be product placement, whether it be, you know, sponsors. Um, then at the same time as that, you know, it has a kind of pattern of kind of structure in that, you know, whether it be music, talk, whether it be news. Um, it's just, you know, it's almost like a magazine show on television, uh, but for audio. Um, so it has a specific structure, which you can't move from, you know, and it's interesting, actually, when I got into radio, um, Howard Stern, a very famous um, radio broadcaster in America, um, was arguing when the new podcast format came out, but they're not really radio presenters. Because they don't know how to segue Press between. Well, no, it's not even that. It's the multi. Well, it actually, is a bit of that actually. <laughs> it's it's knowing how to segue between yeah. conversation, load up into a song, for instance, um, and at the and same time back. doing the commercials and all these kind of business elements to yeah. it, right? Um, but as a listener, who cares about that? Right. In fact, that's the stuff which switches us off. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when there's an advert, you usually switch to something else sometimes. Um, so it's interesting to see that now we have podcasts whereby you can get all the juicy bits of radio, whether it be music you want to listen to, talks, interviews, um, you know, live stories, whether it be, as we mentioned, like serial, that kind of format. I know Oprah Winfrey, you were saying to me the other day, has an awesome podcast. Again, yeah, okay. just taking her medium of, you know, being yeah. a great interviewer on television, now putting it into audio. It's just, and even within that, you know, I'm always about this, podcasts are always visual as well. So, you know, a lot of the time. So whilst you might just download it on SoundCloud at yeah. the same time, if I'm sitting at home, I might watch it even yeah. um, in the same capacity that you are. So yeah, so the point being is that, um, again, as I say, do we foresee radio being extinct and it not needed or will it always have its place in time, do you think, um, because of means of transport and just the circumstances of life, be it cooking in the kitchen so you don't need to necessarily watch anything yeah. so you can always have it on the background or like Salim does, he uses movement in the car for radio and then you know elsewise he, he's using podcasts what do you guys reckon do you think i think no i think radio would work as long as cars are around i don't know for, for okay, me yeah, personally yeah, yeah. um <laughs> it's just like radio is always on in the car mm -hmm. um and podcast is kind of reserved for when i'm at home or doing a little something low-key if you want to say mm -hmm. um so i think there's a place for it i yeah. think there are still some people that are still you know hardcore into the old classic radio still like thing. switching it on in the kitchen like, exactly yeah, 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 yeah exactly so it, it does have a place but mm. i don't think it's you know i as, think i think yeah. there's something quite non-committal about the radio right right like you're yeah. not signing up you're just turning it on and listening to whatever whatever's That's there yeah, whatever discussion's yeah. happening whatever mm -hmm. station it is mm -hmm. whereas with a podcast like you know who it is you've subscribed you're like you're committing to it you're like yeah. you're, you're following this thing yeah, yeah. whereas um, I've even called into one so what radio? Uh, now uh, a podcast Beautiful Anonymous by Chris oh, really? Gethard and that's it's actually one of my favourites because oh, really? um, people call in for an hour okay okay the, I don't know much about it but yeah, it's amazing yeah. so people, it's not live it's not like well the, he has done a few live sessions oh, but yeah. um, mainly it's just people call into the studio wait have you made it onto another podcast I haven't <laughs> I called in and it just didn't go through so what happens I want to listen like it, it, no I'm, I'm not on there yet, oh. yet. yet. Okay, I, okay, I have okay. hope so what happens is people call in um, they have one hour to talk about whatever they want right. with the presenter Chris Gethard he's a comedian oh, yeah. Beautiful Anonymous so yes. basically there okay. we go yep 
so they share their own stories. Um, he can't hang up. Um, the only two things is he can't hang up and they can't share any information. Okay. It's just really nice because you get to hear yeah, the you stories. You do this. Uh, sounds quite interesting. It's yeah, amazing because yeah, yeah. you hear the stories of incredible people who probably wouldn't have, you yeah. know, you probably wouldn't give them a, a moment on the street if they walked past. I'm thinking like, you know, it's conspiracy theories. <laughs> I don't know if you, how much of the podcast you listen to, okay. but every, every week he's got on the conspiracy theories. So I thought <laughs> him for an hour talking about his theories, yeah. that would be... I would listen to I'm that. I'm down, I'm down, man. Especially, I'm the, down. especially if the other guy can't hang up. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I just sat him off. Just get him we, we just sat him off like after two minutes. But that the was... earth is flat, I'm telling you people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's really cool. But that's the thing. Yeah, so exactly. so with podcasts, um, there's, there's such a varied uh, approach and mm. people get really creative. Yeah, they and do that's the thing. Really. So like with, with This American Life, the way that they tell stories yeah. and they kind of, they interview different people and, and you go through the the presenter's kind of journey yeah, and you yeah. go with them and it's really sort of immersive mm-hmm. and that's why I had to listen to that conversation between Russell Brand and Frankie Boyle yeah, in yeah. the car because I was halfway through the conversation mm-hmm. they were talking about David Icke mm-hmm. um, which was interesting in itself <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't I, I wanted to know what happened like yeah, you yeah, know yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing so and then with radio it's I think there's there's always that disrespect towards radio that you know you know once you get out of the car you're yeah. going to turn off I, yeah, a few yeah. times I'll sit there turn the engine off and just yeah, no, wait for the end yeah, of the segment yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. very rarely yeah, it's only when you're yeah. really into a conversation it's got to be really kind of gripping yeah. right? um, and again I, as I said I think some of my favourite radio shows are based upon uh, almost uh, a micro uh, a micro version of what podcasts deliver mm. so for instance when we're talking about talk sport I used to love the segment where they would go through ex-footballers life stories you know so they'll call on I know John Barnes some sort of legend and you know have that you know deep insight into the everyday life of like you know what it was like to be at the levels that he was and so similarly now within the podcast format as I say they kind of recognise ah these interviews these life stories these interesting people you know that is a format that you know people find interesting I suppose yeah. and stories is what sells you know we were talking about this the other day whether it's theatre television yeah. poetry you know novels it's the narrative what's the story well, what is interesting and that's about the thing this? everyone has a story mm. I think I mean especially with Beautiful Anonymous what really caught me is that a few of these people that you listen to if I was walking down the street I probably wouldn't give them a minute or two these guys they've actually captured my attention through their you know mm. futile attempts to get into the, the you know the mainstream media or yeah. just trying to get their kids to school and get them actively going to school and wanting you know it's, it's yeah. things that you just wouldn't really listen to if I you were yeah, having I, a regular conversation to be honest and I suppose that in itself kind of uh, quite eye-opening because uh, as you say it's something that you ordinarily probably wouldn't notice or wouldn't listen to um, and therefore again you know uh, yeah it's uh, another plus point for podcasts and why Definitely. it's so great there's, there's something else podcasts. there's something How else you, you once said I don't know if you remember this okay, yeah. a while ago about podcasts <coughs> you said that um, it, it takes a, a certain type of person to listen to a podcast yeah. because yeah. They're, they're long and yeah. you, you really have to commit yeah. I mean if yeah. you're signing up for the Muslim Vibe 45 minutes an hour yeah. podcast yeah. You, you, it needs to be good mm. but also you're, you've got, you're giving it that time Whereas we live in obviously this kind of you know fast food world yeah. where everything's like rapid and quick and two minute videos and thirty seconds and vines yeah. and seven yeah. seconds or whatever, which is dead, coincidentally. Which is dead, yeah. ironically. Um, <laughs> but it, still, that's that's the trend, and, yeah. and 
to listen to something that's quite long and, and really give it your time and attention. Like I can't listen to podcasts when I'm doing something else. Okay. Right. I end up like constantly rewinding it because okay, they'll be they'll be halfway through a point <laughs> and I'll, I'll have missed the beginning. Yeah, See, yeah, that's yeah. the difference between men and women. Well, <laughs> I think. I mean, I mean, this could be one for another show, but um, I can do it quite well actually. Great. Well done. Well done, Afra. Thanks. Had to throw that in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that appropriately brings us to a close then. <laughs> Just by the way, I can do two things at once. Don't watch that. <laughs> um, and watch me do it now because people as I say um, thank you very much for joining us on the Muslim Vibe and thank you very much to you guys as well for um, yeah for enlightening me on your podcast interests and at the same time yeah uh, the really hard hitting stuff of the day as well um, yeah guys make sure you follow subscribe share all the rest of it and you know where we're at Muslim Vibe check us out next time Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh peace and love Thank you.